0: Yeah, I'm not taking pictures now. Yeah, you want a picture? No, no, you wanted one? No. You want to take a picture for you? No, I thought you were a fan and wanted a picture of me. I get it. No. You sure? Yes, no, sorry. No, because I was thinking... I could see you're a fan. It's okay, and I'm very grateful for Thanksgiving. And... Maybe you wanted a picture just with me. Oh no, no, no. It's okay. A lot of people uh, get nervous to approach me. Oh, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. of the movie stardom and everything. Yeah. And So if you want a picture. I'm good. What? I'm good. I'm good.
2: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it is finally here, and I say it with all the emphasis of the way that The Rock used to do at his peak in the ring, finally. Finally. We are to the top 10 albums of 2023. I've been trying to get this episode out to you for the last month. A lot of episodes have happened since then, but it has all led to this as far as I'm concerned. So thank you for coming along on this journey with me. After this, it really is truly going to be a new year on Rock Strikes 10. So got a lot of big things planned. I think you know what to expect in some way, but yeah. Not only am I looking forward to really finishing off 2023, but I am super excited to bring you these 10 records for sure. The Big Daddies. I always want to call it the Bob's Big Boy with fries, the way that Al Bundy or David Lee Roth calls it. But for my personal reference, I'm going to call this the Five Guys Double Cheese with hot sauce with the Cajun fries. This is a big one right here. It's great stuff. And i'm really excited once again i've talked about this pretty much in every part of this countdown i am excited that it happened this way and i didn't force it it just needs to happen organically a lot of new acts here in the top 10 and man these are the albums that really truly blew me away coming in at number 10 right here is this trio from sweden and i still don't know who their drummer is but. (laughs) I'll figure this one out later because they're still new in their career. <laughs> they're on their third full-length album, a band that actually made it onto my top albums of 2021 countdown with their sophomore record, but they're back with their third right here talking about a band called Velvet Insane, made up of Jonas Erickson on vocals, Jesper Lindgren on guitar, and Ludwig Anderson Lindgren on bass. Bring you the super catchy and fun tones of Velvet Insane. Their third record here is called High Heeled Monster, which I don't like the album title as much as the last one, Rock and Roll Glitter Suit, because that was a top-notch album title. But nothing wrong with High Heeled Monster either, Bring you more of the same glam rock goodness that I have now come to expect from this great new band. So get on board with them because of the fact that they are swedish that almost guarantees that they will not make it onto the charts in america which is very sad but they live on as one of the best bands going right now on rock strikes 10 so let's kick things off properly with something that'll invoke memories of all the best glam rock music of all time here is velvet insane with damage control Kicking off the show here today in fine fashion right there with the great Velvet Insane that was Damage Control from their latest album, High Heeled Monster, number 10 on my count down here. And speaking of fun retro sounds, the band that comes in at number nine here, there's no way you could run into a band like this over the last few years and not be intrigued and curious about them, whether or not this band offends you or not. That all depends on how few boogeymen are actually in your life. But yes, Twin Temple in the last few years, in this decade, have come onto the scene. And if you don't know about Twin Temple yet, then wow, let's get into it. Twin Temple is yet another duo here on this countdown. They are a married couple, by the way, Alexandra and Zachary James. And they, in short, perform satanic doo-wop music. Now, I believe I have talked about this band on the show already, and if I haven't yet, then shame on me. But yes, as a music fan who's into the vintage, and especially into modern bands that really dig the vintage and do it well, this band enters my life. And I've even described this band not just as satanic doo-wop, but what if she and him were just completely into the devil? and all the hedonistic things that go with it. Hey man, for all these bands of all time that have been in our lives that use the satanic imagery, they, they claim they're the real deal. But however you approach this, I think it works on either level, much like a lot of my favorite new bands. However you intend them, you'll have a good time either way. And I love me some Twin Temple. So In their first two albums, definitely leaning heavy on that tag of satanic doo-wop and even owning it with this third album actually showing signs of a bit of growth, including a few more genres into the act, but this is no shark jump. If anything, this might be my favorite album by them, even though they only have three out. I think this is the best one yet because yeah, I love me some doo-wop, but I love me some girl group music just that much more. And they've moved on from the 50s and gotten into the 60s now with the girl group Phil Spector type sound. So that's pretty much predominantly what this album is. So I am all in for this. I'm on board, whatever cliche you want to use. I think the only song that sticks out like a sore thumb on this record is Let's Have a Satanic Orgy, which moves into the more bossa nova type feel. But for the most part, like I said, it's girl group all the way. So. Yeah, and I actually really wanted to go with the title track. And by the way, the album is called God is Dead. And that's the closer on the album. and it's, it's epic. It did the thing that when I was listening to it for the first time in the car, when, when you call out for the band to do something particular, I don't know if you out there have ever actually done that. Like, give it to me a little bit more, like that kind of thing. Give it to me one more time. And you don't even know how the song's supposed to go. And then when they actually do the thing that you ask... That's a great moment right there. And that happened for me at the end of the Twin Temple record here, God is Dead. So I'm not even going to play that song. I'm just going to play one of the favorites on here just to get you enticed. So don't be afraid. Come into their temple and check this one out. This is Two Sinners. temple right there with two sinners from their latest album god is dead and i don't know about you but i don't hear too much actual real evil in their message overall by the way their message is not just a message of lucifer or satan or however you know this fictitious character but it's a message of inclusion and highly evolved social skills And that, to me, sounds more like a message of love than what the average Bible thumper out there really puts forward. I'm talking about modern televangelists and also political televangelists. Those are my main targets out there. I'll leave you alone if you're a classic religious person like my mom or something like that, to where you don't seem to be a very hateful, spiteful person. You were just raised to believe in the wrong things so there you have it there's my little commentary right there but yes twin temple the band that comes with a message and inspires me to do a little sermon on the mount okay yeah let's just move on but yeah man i i've been re-listening to that album quite a bit so it had to make the top 10 wouldn't have it any other way so yes with this next one here and i didn't even plan it this way but we're really having a theme here so far in the top 10 so number 10 we had Velvet Insane which featured a pair of brothers in the band. Twin Temple, you got a married couple. Now we're onto our third band, which also is a trio. So we've had three bands, eight members, not a big head count on here, but you are right at home here at Rock Strikes 10. Let me tell you, the few, the proud. But yes, this next band right here, a trio, from Brooklyn, New York, I believe. And I found this band, I think just being a fan and following all the stuff on Ipecac Recordings, Mike Patton's label. They got this band that they've had for a while. And I don't know why I've never given them a shot. But man, I'm glad I'm here now. So this band is called Spotlights. And let us I've been giving all the official names out here. So let's just keep this trend going. You got Sarah Quintero and Mario Quintero. I don't know if they're brother or sister. I don't know if they're married. I don't know. I'll find out. But yeah, uh, so Sarah's on bass and vocals, and Mario's on guitar and vocals, and then you got Chris Enriquez on the drums. And this band right here, they have got the goods. Super duper powerful stuff. Definitely gives me like a little mix of hardcore and doom. Very '90s. And the fact that I can't like super pigeonhole them makes them a perfect band for Ipecac. And uh, and that being said, they're probably one of the more normal sounding bands on the label. I think they have a sound that could really get over with a lot of people. So yeah, you got to check this out. The album is called Alchemy for the Dead. We we got a theme going on here, (laughs) but I love it. And I had this one in the car and just uncontrollably, the volume hand just kept turning the dial up and up. And the point where I was already like doing the drumming along with it. Just super powerful drums. That Chris Enriquez guy is just killing it. What a great power drummer. Maybe not since the days of John Stainer has the East Coast experienced such a beast on the drums. But yeah, man, just a really cool, atmospheric, heavy record. And you gotta check it out. Alchemy for the Dead by Spotlights. Here is said song that really inspired me to start drumming like an absolute nerd in the car. This one's called Sunset Burial. Turn it up. Okay, yes, all right. That was Spotlights with Sunset Burial from Alchemy of the Dead, the eighth best album of twenty twenty-three. Hope you enjoyed that. That is some shit right there. So yeah, I hope you had it cranked up for that one. That that's a good one. And this band right here actually featured this band on the best of twenty twenty-one and in a rare instance i got a little bit of pushback on it (laughs) because yeah it was a weird album but i love it i still stand by it and uh, this is how new i still am in a sense to this band that i haven't dived deep enough yet is that that particular album that i talked about in 2021 there are other entries to an entire series of albums that are apparently very similar and so I'm talking about the band Fucked Up, and when I featured the Year of the Horse album in my 2021 list, yes, I did get a little pushback on that, which I, I kind of love in a sense because it means it's getting a reaction, and I'm not going to try to, like, troll people in a negative way at all. I legitimately really, really liked and or loved that Year of the Horse release, and I'm still so new as a fan to this band that I did not even realize that they had been doing a whole series of that, prior to year of the horse and it's called a zodiac series and apparently they have one for all the different types of years from the chinese astrological thing so i gotta get into that because there's a year of the dragon release that i haven't heard yet but it's from back from you know a decade ago or whatever but yes fucked up i'm going to be featuring one of their quote-unquote proper albums here in my 2023 countdown because apparently i'm on board and i'm a fan now I even saw them live a few years ago, and I thought they were pretty cool, but it wasn't anything to where I was like I was going to rush out and listen to them, but they really pulled me in with that Year of the Horse thing. But thankfully, apparently, I do like their regular albums as well, Proof Positive. Their sixth proper full-length album called One Day came out right at the beginning of the year to the point where I almost forgot to review it and listen to it. It came out like in January or something, but... Yeah, I'm glad I did, because obviously I would have missed out on a top 10 record for me. Uh, So yeah, I I first heard about the singer Damian Abraham. He was a regular on the Danko Jones podcast. They're like really good friends. And so I I thought he was a cool personality. You know, he had a lot of fun stories and everything. So they always stayed on my radar. But I'm just really glad to be on board finally. And it's not any kind of peer pressure from Danko. I just actually organically started to like the band. So yeah, we got Damien Abraham on vocals. And we also got Sandy Miranda, Mike Halichuk, Jonah Falco, and Josh Zucker rounding out the lineup on this record. But, yeah, I think you should check it out. It's mostly elements of hardcore punk type leanings, a lot of metal influence, just a little bit of the really extreme styles of music. I realize that Damien's vocals are not for everybody, but I'm cool with it. I don't listen to a lot of singers that sound like this, but I think the music's good enough to where any misgivings that I might have about it, it carries it through. So it's all good. So let me know what you think. From One Day, this is Fucked Up and the song Broken Little Boys. (laughs) Broken Little Boys right there by Fucked Up off of their latest One Day. If you dug that, go check it out. I kind of like the brightness of the sound of the music just contradicting Damien's voice right there. That's probably another reason why I love it so much. There's some interesting things happening up there in Canada. I was talking about how much I love the Cancer Bats record from last year. You know, I'm a big Danko fan. So, man, there seems to be a massive bias about Canadian artists uh, out here in the States. And I'm not trying to get all fucking into a fight with my fellow countrymen or anything, but good God, man, there is the fix is in, I think, because there's a lot of quality there. I was talking about Sweden earlier. Good God, people need to figure it out. So this next band right here, man, okay, so this fucking band over here, the band that comes in at number six, I can't believe this record is at number six. I will say the top six here. I know what you think I'm going to say. I'm not going to say it. The top six right here are the albums I listen to over and over again. These are the massive repeats I have. So not, not to disparage anybody below this, but the top six is like the super upper echelon part of this particular countdown. And we're staying in Canada for this band. So I have been on a little bit of a mini quest lately. Ever since I found out about this band, I've only been into them for a few months now, but I am definitely not ever going to fall off. I'm going to follow this band into the fucking sun because I love them. And I think I caught a video of theirs on one of the Pluto channels, whether it be Vivo or Excite. I'm not sure. Let's say that I saw it on Excite because they play better stuff. And ever since I've learned about them, I I went and listened to the record. I'm like, oh, let's see how this works. You know, maybe I can work it into the countdown. Maybe it's good enough. Oh, boy, was it ever. And let me not tease the name like I normally do as much. I I realize that might be a little frustrating as a listener. But this band right here from Canada, they're called No Bro. One word, N-O-B-R-O. And if you didn't know it, they'll spell it out for you in the very first song on their latest album here. By the way, their latest album is called Set Your Pussy Free and as my friend palmeyer would say they're an all chicky band from canada let's go over the lineup here real quick before i get into my little personable story you got katherine mckay on vocals and bass bass playing singer great stage presence by the way from what i've noticed sarah Dion on drums man i'm gonna butcher these names lisandri berdagas and on keyboards and percussion by the way so she plays keyboards but she also plays the bongos how great is that and caroline Carbono on lead guitar and vocals and they pack a punch man so listen to this record and i immediately fell in love with them listen to the whole thing and then i listened to it all over again whenever i do that that's a big deal because i've got so much shit to listen to and i'm at that point in my life where i'm like i'm never going to listen to everything that i want to hear so a repeated listen i feel is a sacred thing so Yeah, they did that for me. And now I've been on this little mini quest and I haven't been able to do this in a long time and I do enjoy doing it. I will admit is what I need to do right now currently with them because I've been renting it. Unfortunately, I've been streaming the shit out of this record and I'm definitely, I instantly did want to go buy it and I need to buy it, which means I got to buy it directly from the band, which is great. I I should do that. We should all do that. I'm going to buy a record and I'm going to buy a goddamn shirt. Their shirts fucking roll, by the way. But I've been doing that thing. I've been hitting a lot of different record stores. I go to about five or six unique record stores in and around the Metroplex now. And I go up to anybody that's actually willing to talk to me or or do the, hey, how you doing thing. And I'll be like, hey, do you have No Bro? And now I get to do that thing where I feel all fucking cool and everything. Asking about a band that they don't know about. Or I assume that they don't know about this band on the front end. And... So far, I've done this a good amount. So everybody that I've asked about this band gives me a blank expression. And then I get to do the, oh, uh, you you haven't heard them yet? You haven't? Oh, man. Yeah, you got to get on this. And I've been kind of doing a little bit, not just with record store people, because I know how that is. I've been on the other side of it, obviously. But what I'm going to do is I'm not calling out them. I'm calling out the people that they listen to to get their information So I dug through so many different critics lists, magazines, online fanzines and stuff like that. Nobody is talking about this fucking band and come to find out they've been around for 10 fucking years. They've got this killer kick ass sound. They check off a lot of boxes. Trust me I don't even without even getting into personable stuff about them they should be like one of the biggest bands going right now. They've got all the edge. They've got all the cred. It just seems to me like their only sin and the only thing they're guilty of being is Canadian. What's up with that? But yeah, so all these fucking hipsters, man, they would fawn over this fucking band and nobody's clearly heard of them because no one's talking about them. So I'm taking ownership over this. You heard it here first on Rock Strikes 10. No Bro, number six album of the year. Could have easily have just been the number one album of the year because I've just been repeatedly listening to this top six. So let's just say you can interchange it however you want. I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. Damn near perfect record here. Set Your Pussy Free by No Bro. I've built it up enough. You really should listen to the whole record, but I'm going to play you my favorite, the one I heard first. So here it is. This is No Bro with Let's Do Drugs. Let's do drugs.
0: The kind of drugs that we used to do.
2: No Bro right there with Let's Do Drugs from their latest full length. Set your pussy free and you all do the same. Don't be one and go listen to that record. I'm pulling your card. I'm calling everybody out. Go listen to that record. Even if you don't partake. I don't partake, but I think Let's Do Drugs is a goddamn anthem. It might be tongue in cheek. I don't know. I don't know if they're for real about that or not. I don't know if they're trying to be ironic I thought initially they were saying, I feel so edgy, which would have totally meant it was tongue-in-cheek, but actually the lyric is, I feel so itchy, which makes me think they probably are on the level with that, and they do mean it. I don't know, but I like the intrigue. It's the intrigue that is what really keeps us in, right? A lot of it. And another thing, my first listen uh, of this record, and especially that particular song right there, and a handful of their other songs do resemble this, obviously you're going to get a lot of nostalgia, for the Riot Girl stuff from the early 90s. And I've talked about that a little bit in the last few episodes, which, hey, if if you're mad about it, uh, the world has pushed this scene back up and it'll keep doing it as the years go on. It's happening even in the pop world. Like there's a big pushback going. So you make women feel like second-class citizens. There's going to be some pushback and it's not just going to be politically. It'll be culturally as well. The voice will be everywhere. You already see it out there. And I'm here for it. I'm I'm a booster. I'm a fucking ally, and I mean that. Not just because I, I don't want them to castrate me when the revolution comes. No, I I have talked the talk and walked the walk for the decades now. Okay, all right. Am I exonerated? Am I am I safe now? Okay. But the thing I got out of it, I was talking about the Ride Girl stuff from the early '90s, and honestly, man, I like L7, Babes in Toyland, and Bikini Kill as much as the next guy. But I think this band is fucking outdoing them, like. They have better production. I like their songs better. They're more instantly catchy. I'm not even going to put Hole and Courtney on that list because they're, they're not good enough to be on that list. What do you think of that? Courtney Love could never approach. Yeah, you could make a joke and say, well, Courtney Love could write Let's Do Drugs because she has done all the drugs. But she could never approach something that catchy. She really could never do that. She always needed to be a cliche and let guys write her songs. That's the fucking truth. Look it up. Whether it be Billy Corgan or Kurt or Ginger, it's always been someone writing for her that does it better than she could. Okay, but that all being said... I love the fact that it's. I, I was calling them bikini kill with a budget, but I, I will say, man, it's not just that stuff. I'm not just gonna play the the lady card here. Musically, half this record reminds me of Turbo Negro, and how great is that? So yeah, okay. Have, have I done enough pitching on that? God, it's like I'm on the fucking payroll. Am I managing this band or what? I would manage this band, by the way. Like I said, I'll follow them into the sun. Okay, I'm a little out of breath. Not just because of the music, but I have been talking a lot, and I tend to do that on these top tens especially. And if you are familiar to the top tens that I've been doing over these years, you know what time it is now. Well, if you didn't realize we're halfway through the show and the countdown, before we get to the top five, yes, most of you know what time it is. All my friends know what time it is. It's time for the halftime show. And yes, I'm going to bring him in right here, the C of CNJ Radio, my best friend, in the whole world, my brother Chris. And I'm going to get out my phone and I'm going to listen to Chris very attentively right now, as you all should, because I need to start jarring my memory of the movies I saw in 2023 that were new. And while I ponder and contemplate that, whilst paying attention to this halftime show, let's have Chris come in. He's going to offer up his top 10 movies of 2023, so yeah, I'm gonna tag you in, because I'm a bit winded, so take it away, Chris.
3: Thank you, Joey, and welcome to the intermission of Rock Strikes 10's countdown of the top 50 albums of 2023. This is, of course, the movie portion of the show where I, Chris, tell you about my top 10 movies of 2023 and explain why I love them. Now, before I get to the list this time, I have a small disclaimer. I love all sorts of movies, but... If you've heard my top 10 movie list in the previous Rock Strikes 10 countdowns, then you know that I particularly love horror. Well, currently I make a living writing about horror movies for creepycatalog.com, so as you might expect, I am obligated by my day job to watch a lot of new horror movies in order to keep up with what people are watching and talking about. What this means is that last year, in 2023, the vast majority of the newly released movies that I watched were were, of course, horror movies. Now looking at my Letterboxed stats for 2023, I'm high spot on Letterboxd if you wanna follow me over there, I logged 237 total movies watched during the year, which is actually a little under what I actually watched because I'll sometimes go through spells where I forget to log stuff and I never go back and fix it. But 237 is pretty close. Of those 237, 102 of those were horror movies released in the United States in 2023. 102. Most of the rest of the movies that I watched last year were released prior to 2023. Older movies. I watch a lot of older movies. So what I'm saying is that nearly all of the new 2023 movies that I watched last year were horror. So once again, my list will be very horror heavy. But what I'm really getting to is this is my long-winded excuse for why I still haven't seen some of the biggest and most talked about movies of last year. There will be no Barbenheimer on my list because I did not partake in the hype and haven't seen either of those movies yet. I'll get to them, but if you know me then you probably know that the more something is hyped by the general public, the less enthusiastic I am about partaking in whatever the hyped thing is. So if anything big and wonderful is absent from this list, just assume that I haven't seen it yet and I will get to it soon, I promise. Another exclusive that I need to make a little disclaimer about, I guess, I feel that I need to, is something that I think will surprise people since I'm a huge wrestling fan. Joey and I have done wrestling house shows since 2008, and the movie I'm about to say that is not on my list is about wrestling, and it's been highly praised. That movie is, of course, The Iron Claw. It did not make my top 10. And I think it's one of those things where I know the true story about the Von Erics well enough so that I only see what is missing or what could have been done differently. Given more time, I might come back around and watch it again and reevaluate, but my opinion on it right now, after having only seen it once in the theater, is that it's good, and the actors are great, but the movie as a whole isn't one of my top 10 favorites of the year. So with all of the apologies and qualifications out of the way, here are my top 10 movies of 2023. Number 10 kind of surprised me. It snuck up on me at the end of the year. It is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of The Hunger Games, but I have read the original three books on the recommendation of a friend. I read them before I saw the movies, actually, and now I've seen all of the movies. For me, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is the best movie of the bunch. I like that it's disconnected from the ongoing saga of the other movies. It's set in the past, it's a prequel to all of those, and I like that it's kind of a dark movie throughout. I know the other Hunger Games movies are dark, but this one is really bleak, and the ending is part of why I like it so much. Because if you know the story of the Hunger Games, you know the main character in this movie is not a good person, and this is how he becomes not a good person good person. And I also like how Songbirds and Snakes feels very expansive in the way that the story is told. I thought the movie was over, and it was only about halfway through, and that was a good thing. It's just the way that it built to a climax, and then it kind of started in this whole new direction, and I really enjoyed that. And it might also be that I like it so much more than the rest of the movies in the series, because I haven't read the book that this is based on, so I have nothing to compare it to. Whatever the reason, I enjoyed it quite a lot. My ninth favorite movie of 2023 is a much smaller movie. It is the found footage horror movie, The Outwaters. This is the kind of movie best watched alone at night with all the lights off because the format of the found footage and because of what it's about and how it's presented makes it feel like you're experiencing it from a first-person perspective, even more so than other found footage movies. And as The Outwaters goes along, it becomes a pretty unsettling experience that relies increasingly on disorienting visuals and this soundscape that the filmmakers have created. The Outwaters is about a group of people who spend time in a desert, I think it's the Mojave Desert, shooting a music video, but while they're there, they stumble across Across this force that comes after them and the way I was describing about how it puts you in that first-person perspective it feels like you are there because of how effective the movie is made it's kind of hard to describe without seeing it but it's excellent Go watch The Outwaters. It is on Screenbox, I believe, right now. My next movie isn't so dissimilar in that it is a movie about an evil force that attacks a group of isolated people. My number 8 pick is Evil Dead Rise. Now, Evil Dead Rise might be my least favorite of all of the Evil Dead movies, but I still really enjoyed it. A not-as-good Evil Dead movie is still a really good Evil Dead movie. It's fun and gory and has enough of the Evil Dead charm to make it something that I know I will be watching many, many times in the future. A movie that I don't see myself watching over and over, but one that I did really enjoy is my seventh favorite movie of 2023, Bo Is Afraid. I was really excited for Bo Is Afraid because I think its director, Ari Oster, is great. I knew it was going to be very different from his previous two movies, and calling Bo Is Afraid different feels like an extreme understatement. It's weird and funny and bewildering and sad and dumb and smart and a ton of other things. I know it's a divisive movie, a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of people did, but it worked extremely well for me. And I think we need more dream logic movies like this on a large scale. My sixth favorite movie of 2023 is on a much smaller scale. It is a comedy drama about three lonely people, a student, a teacher, and a cook, stuck together at a boarding school over Christmas break. The movie is The Holdovers, and I thought it was a very sweet and sad movie with a great timeless appeal. The story is good, and the actors are great, especially Devine, Joy Randolph and Paul Giamatti. I watched The Holdovers while trying to do a little bit of a catch-up before making this list, So it's fresh on my mind, and it was about a month after the Christmas season, but that didn't really matter. It's a great movie for any time of the year, but I probably will start watching it during Christmas, and I would recommend it to everyone. My fifth favorite movie of 2023, I would recommend to only some people. You have to be a fan of action movies, monster movies... And a lot of gore because this movie has all of those cranked up to extremes. My number five pick for 2023 is Project Wolf Hunting. This is a South Korean movie that I believe received a limited release in the United States in late 2022, but it wasn't until early 2023 that it became available widely in the United States. On streaming, and I actually got it on Blu ray. Project Wolf Hunting is a mashup of genres that begins like a kind of prison break movie set on a ship, and it turns into a monster movie with this super strong and nearly invulnerable monster of a man killing anything and everything that moves the story does get unnecessarily complicated but the main draw is the absurd amounts of action and gore hallways on the ship are literally flowing with blood at certain points and all of that blood and violence places it in that sweet spot of my varying taste like right in the center My fourth favorite movie of 2023 is probably the most disturbing movie of the year. It is When Evil Lurks. This is a movie from Argentina about two brothers who try to stop the birth of a demonic being of some sort, but they end up making things worse every step along the way. I wrote about When Evil Lurks on Creepy Catalog, so go check that out if you're interested in why I think this works so well. I go pretty in-depth in that. But don't read it if you intend on watching the movie. There are some extremely unsettling surprises in store for you in When Evil Lurks, and it's those surprises and how the movie tells its story that make it such a great film. At the number three spot is, fittingly, the final part of a trilogy. My third favorite movie of 2023 is Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3. I think it was a beautiful and amazingly fun way to close out the story of the Guardians and it was a fitting way for James Gunn to end his time in the MCU. I am a huge fan of the Marvel movies, and if you asked me even just a couple years ago what my favorite movies of the universe are, I'd have said the Captain America trilogy. And while I still love those, the Guardians movies have really emerged as probably my overall favorites in the entire MCU. Volume 3 is great, and I can't wait to see what James Gunn does over in the new DC continuity. My second favorite movie also comes from a franchise that I adore. My number two pick is Godzilla Minus One. In my opinion, we are currently in a Godzilla renaissance of a sort. It started about a decade ago with the 2014 American Godzilla movie, which I think is great, and it continued with Shin Godzilla, which I happily was able to see in Japan in a Japanese theater in 2016. And it's led up to 2023 and 2024. As I speak, Godzilla Minus One is still in some theaters in the United States. And as you listen to this, the black and white version, Godzilla Minus One Minus Color, will also have been released in U.S. theaters. We are also getting the latest Godzilla Kong MonsterVerse movie in a few months, The New Empire. And there's a Godzilla-related show doing well on Apple TV+. Kaiju are back and arguably better than ever, and Godzilla Minus One is a huge part of that. It's a fantastic movie that feels classic and new at the same time, and its tear-jerking drama is the perfect counterbalance to the more ridiculous action spectacles of the American Godzilla movies. I love it all. But as much as I love Giant Monsters and Godzilla, my favorite movie of 2023, my number one pick, is Talk to Me. If you haven't seen it, Talk To Me is technically a possession movie, but it treats possession much differently than you'll see in something like The Exorcist movies or any of the countless films it influenced, including Exorcist Believer, which was not very good. Talk To Me is about a young woman, Mia, who is still grieving the loss of her mother and who is feeling increasingly isolated. From her father and her best friend. Mia partakes in a viral game involving what is said to be an embalmed hand, but the game is really a possession ritual. Things spin out of control and Mia is drawn deeper into the darkness of her own mind and of the door she opened when she tried contacting the dead. It's dark and creepy, and it legitimately gave me chills at one point while watching it in the theater. If you like supernatural horror movies, definitely give Talk To Me a watch if you haven't seen it yet. As for me, I might go watch Oppenheimer or Barbie or something else that I missed from last year. Maybe not right now, but I'll get to them sooner or later. Probably. Thank you once again to everyone who sticks with me through these little intermissions in Joey's always excellent countdowns of the year. I have to thank Joey for the curation of these best of lists because I would be completely lost on new music without them. But am I also lost on new movies because of my overly enthusiastic focus on horror? Joey, I ask you, did you see anything in 2023 that I didn't, and that I didn't mention, that you think I need to see? And of course, what are some of your favorite movies of 2023,
2: Joey? Oh man, so I'm a little bit at a loss here as far as kicking it back over to me, and by the way, that's an official tag out. Thank you so much, Chris, for doing that. I know that that's probably a bit of an ask, and it's probably easier to go back in time to do these, because... Yeah, you ran into the same trap I did. Not as bad as me. Like, Chris thinks he doesn't go see a lot of new movies in 2023, but he saw a lot of shit. And I've always fashioned myself as a moviegoer, someone who stays active in it. And I have real no excuse for saying I didn't see a ton of movies in the theater in this last year. I basically saw about a dozen movies in the theater. And that's fucking sad and pathetic. I saw a few in the streaming, but I do try to actively go to see him in the theater because I love the theater experience. It can't be replaced. I'll tell you what I saw because it's going to be quick enough uh, of the stuff that Chris said. I completely agree with him about the iron claw, but due to my lack of what I've seen this year, it does go in my top 10, if not my top five. And everything that Chris said about it is absolutely on the nose. We are too close to the story, and we have criticisms, and we're distracted by the stuff that's not in there. An absolute spot-on review for that. But that being said, you should all go see it. Uh, I've been telling Chris, I'm not trying to shame him by calling him out here on this particular list. Uh, I've been telling him that he really should go check out the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. N- not that I put it up there with any kind of classic cinema or anything, But I will say it's the second best Turtles movie of all time after that first live action one. So I know Chris to be a fan of the Turtles. So I still am going to just say I know he's busy and that's why he hasn't seen it because he wouldn't have to worry about reviewing it. But you should go see that still, Chris. Not that it's in the theater, but I know it's on Paramount Plus. I know you have that. And just looking at the list of the stuff that I saw this year, I think my top movie does have to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. That's my favorite movie of the whole year. Uh, I I cried fucking twice in that movie. So come on, what can I say? I'm gonna miss those a holes. Uh, my other quick ones. Uh, saw this one streaming. I think it's on Peacock or something. I saw Renfield. It's super dumb and super fun, and I, I kind of loved it. Uh, so I, I recommend a roll through of Renfield. Yes, I did see Barbie. I liked Barbie. What? Yeah, okay. Uh, Megan, same thing. Fun. Of course, the child's play kind of nostalgia, but if, if you like the original child's play, you should definitely see Megan and watch the unrated version. The unrated version's better. Uh, Mania, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Mania and the Marvels, I lumped those two in. Uh, not even close to touching something like Guardians, and those two movies got shit on a lot, but I thought they were still fun. I really don't have a problem with them. I like that I'm not too close to the source material to complain. I just watched them on the base level of do I enjoy this and was I entertained, and I was mostly entertained with both of those movies, so I got no problem with those movies. And the one I just really couldn't believe that wasn't on Chris's list, although maybe it's just bubbling under a little bit, but we went to go see this together and not just because of that, but I would assume that Scream 6 was a layup for him, but I guess maybe it was just below the top 10. I don't know. It could be one of those things. I think he has to write about that movie like every other day. (laughs) I'm exaggerating, but maybe it was just like, oh yeah, was that this year? Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, so that's the one I kind of questioned on why it wasn't on his list, but I am guilty of not seeing most of those movies as probably a lot of you are. So I got some work to do the ones I really, really, really want to see that I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen Godzilla minus one or the holdovers or talk to me or the blackening, which I really want to see. So I got a lot of catching up to do. So that's me at the movies, not at the movies, but Hey, Hey, let's get back to the countdown here. I had Chris open up for this particular act because I know he likes him too. During the height of the pandemic, myself and Chris and my better half, Nola, we all gathered around the television because we were missing concerts and we watched a live stream of Danko Jones and he rocked it to an audience of almost zero. But Danko Jones is a band and as a man. They all rule. And by the way, let's give credit to JC and Rich for holding it down. What a solid rhythm section. They just lock into Danko. And man, yeah, great power trio. A lot of of trios and duos here in the countdown, but I love it. But yes, Danko came back in 2023 with a new one called Electric Sounds. And here I am doing that thing again, like I did on the last entry, where I'm like, this this top six is kind of tied for me. I re-listened to this one a whole hell of a lot. And just the fact that one of my all-time faves here, Danko Jones, Is number five don't read anything into that this album rules electric sounds you should definitely go buy it hell if you're a vinyl guy just buy all three variants there's three different color variants out there uh yeah so just go buy them all buy them two or three times give Danko all your money, buy his entire damn catalog, because it's pretty much all super strong. As you could tell, listening to these countdowns, whether it's 2003 or 2023, Danko's is going to be on the list, right? I think, that, I think I have that correct. Okay. But that all being said, get him back to the latest one here, Electric Sounds. What to play? Let's throw a dart. Hey, let's go with the thing that he massively campaigned the record with, if you didn't see all the shorts that he did promoting the album just on the strength of this song, then you missed out. But go back and watch them all. It's pretty damn fun. This song right here, I love so many of Danko's songs. I gotta say, I think if anybody asked me, let's sum them up. Sell me on Danko in one song. Right now I'm picking this one because it's the mantra. It's the absolute mantra, if you will. So here is Danko from Electric Sounds, and this one's called... Good time. Danko, all hail Danko right there. Good time from Electric Sounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the man. I love that guy. We're into number four right now. And the No Bro and the Danko records, I could still like just listen to those in a loop over and over again. But that being said, I think there was one song on each one where I was like, ah, it's okay. So I had to dock it a little bit. It's top four, honestly, they all scored perfect scores, and that's what's going on here with the top four. But that being said, top six are my favorite, favorite, favorite records. Okay, I'm qualifying a lot because, hey, and that just in case that they ever hear this, any of these bands, I just want them to know, I fucking love you. Thank you for this music. But yes, I got a bone to pick with anybody that knew about this band and didn't tell me for the last, what is it, 12 years? Why didn't somebody tell me that the cheese was good, motherfucker? But yeah, man, Arsenio reference aside, uh, this band right here, oh my God, they popped up on my radar uh, due to a recommendation from the great LC from Cobras and Fire. This motherfucker over here, let me talk about this motherfucker over here, LC, because we both went to the Weezer tour this last year. And when I went to it, the leg that I got... I had to deal with uh, a band I've already forgotten the name of as the first opener, and the second opener was fucking Modest Mouse, so shoot me in the face already, and then this motherfucker over here, he gets this band opening up his Weezer show, and Weezer was great this last year. I can only imagine the experience I would have had at discovering this band live for the first time, which is the best way to do it, man. But good God, this band that's been kicking around for 12 years, and no one's told me about him fucking White Reaper. So by the way, thank you, LC. I called you a motherfucker a couple of times, but you know it's because it's all the love, man. Okay, so bro hug, bro hug, okay. But yes, getting back to White Reaper, you gotta get on this band. This new album of theirs, their fourth full-length, called Asking for a Ride. Pure fucking fire right here. love everything about this record. It definitely has that 90s thing, but also super modern, but not in a bad way. I'm talking about rock music right here. Pure rock music. Obviously leaning a little bit on the alternative side of things, but let's not have labels here because this music belongs to the people. I look for this band to be one of the biggest bands in the world after a few years, so hopefully I don't fuck them up and jinx them right here. But yeah, you got to get on this. Uh, Here's another thing that's like super fun. I actually pulled up one of their songs on YouTube the other day just to hear it and to reference it for somebody. And if you go look up the songs on this record, they've made their own custom single art for every one of these songs, it seems. So like, how freaking great is that, man? Like they they just get it. They got it. They got it down. So you got to get on this band. White Reaper, The album is called Asking for a Ride, and here's a name and or title that I have yet to ever say out loud on the show. So I'm going to say it for the first time, and I've always wanted to say this. So here is White Reaper with Bozo. become a cliche to say taking care of the future of rock but it's in good hands with a band like that if that band reached foo fighters level i would not be mad about that they just need to stay the course and keep putting out records that sound like that for the most part or at least something is equally interesting but yes white reaper right there the album is asking for a ride and that was the song simply called bozo all right So album number three right here, but number one in all of our hearts as well, equally with the top six. I'm going to keep saying it, fuck it. But the early rumblings uh, that came up on the internet about a year, year and a half ago, and it started with random posts of just photos of people standing out in the street with signs, basically like sandwich board signs. And it just simply said, the Hives must album now yes the hives must album now and i sat and i waited i was getting excited because i'm like man the hives haven't put out a record in over a decade and we are long overdue it's not like they broke up they're still touring i saw them a few years ago actually i've seen them twice with nola over the last couple of years once at punk rock bowling once in dallas so the fact that i'm seeing these random wackos online. Yes, they are some of the band members uh, with the signs that say the Hives must album now. I'm starting to get a little excited, maybe even in the lower regions. But yes, yeah, so I was like, man, if, if they album now, I will be very excited and happy. And I feel like there's no way it could be bad. And I was right. They did album and they put out this record here in the year of 2023, apparently in the year of our Lord, whose name apparently was Randy Fitzsimmons because he died for our rock and roll sins. And yes, this new album is called The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons. If you don't know anything about the hives, uh, the name Randy Fitzsimmons is actually very relevant. So uh, go have fun looking it up. I'm not going to do the Reader's Digest version of it for you here. If you know, you know. And if you don't want to know, then you don't want to know. But Despite the fact that we are mourning the death of Randy Fitzsimmons, he did not die in vain because the Hives did album and this record is tremendous. Uh, Even though I really liked Lex Hives a lot, this one's actually even better than Lex Hives. It's on par with all their classic stuff. Not that they have a huge catalog, but it's on par, and that's all I could hope for. I was even a little worried, I'll be honest. The fact that Dr. Matt Destruction, their longtime bass player, Dr. Matt Destruction, had to retire from the band. He was replaced by a guy by the name of the Johan and Only. But yes, the rest of the band remains intact. Vigilante Karlstrom, the great fucking Nicholas Arson. If you go see him live, Nicholas will become your other favorite member of the band, of course, besides Hal Pele. The greatest frontman in the world right now. And I mean that. And, of course, the fearless Chris Dangerous, because that's his middle and last name, on the drums. One of the best bands in the history of rock and roll is the Hives. They're here to serve you once again, finally. You should get this record. Go get all the Hives records. They will not steer you wrong. They will make you believe in the power of rock and roll. And, man, if you can help it, if they are in driving distance or flying distance your neck of the woods. You go see their ass because you will not regret it and you will never be the same again. So that's about as high praise as I can give anyone. Let's get into it. Here it is, the hives with smoke and mirrors. Turn it up. lives that was smoke and mirrors from the death of randy fitzsimmons a perfect damn rock album from a perfect damn band all right this top two right here strap yourselves in not that the music hasn't been just relenting in its awesomeness but we got some metal to get into right here at number two this band right here Uh, They've been around as a band for a little over a decade, but they're only on their second album, and they've only put out their two albums here in this decade. So a very new band once again. I love to see it. There is a thing going on right now if you haven't heard about it, and I am absolutely all in and here for this, and let's go, and let's use all the cliches, but it's worth mentioning this band from Austria. Austria. I don't know how many times I've been able to say that on the show, if, if any, but maybe the last time I played them on the show I did, and I think it was back in 2020, I had this band on my top albums list, they did very well, and thankfully, them putting out their sophomore album three years later, they did not disappoint, not a sophomore slump, Maybe able to even argue that it's better than the first one, I'm going to have to really do a side-by-side on this, but definitely my favorite new metal band of the decade. And I don't mean NU, I mean traditional ass heavy metal. These guys look it, they play it. They are absolutely heavy metal traditional. Go take a look at them, go listen to the album, do what you got to do. But yes, Roadwolf right here. Roadwolf is back and ready to destroy. Yes, Roadwolf, by the way, one word for when you go look them up. Their latest album here is called Midnight Lightning, and it is a motherfucker. By the way, let's give credit once again. I'm trying to do this on every entry right here. Uh, the band members, and I might butcher some of these once again. We're getting into foreign territory here. Uh, Franz Bauer, Valentin Strasser, Christoph Eigner, and Emanuel Bruckmuller. Okay, yes. Uh, let's. I'm not going to even tell you how many takes I just did on that. Uh, not too many, but it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, but yes, that all being said, what's in a name? I mean, the band's called Roadwolf. But hey, that could have been a perfectly suitable name, especially during the traditional era of original heavy metal. I'm talking pre-Thrash heavy metal. Nothing wrong with thrash, but this band is classic traditional heavy metal, much like some of my other favorite bands of this movement. So yeah, if you hear about a band saying that they are that, then go listen to them. You're probably going to have a good time with it. Man, another one where I just listened to it all over again as soon as I was done with it I couldn't stop listening to it man if you grew up on this stuff you're gonna dig it the most and also really cool for the kids that are getting into heavy metal that are like in their early 20s or teens and I've met a lot of kids like this I immediately tell them about a handful of bands and Road Wolf is definitely one of them so yeah go get this man once again the album is called Midnight Lightning and here is the title track of that record so here we go the great road wolf right there with midnight lightning from the album of the same name go get it go get unchained the wolf as well their album from three years ago yeah you can't go wrong obviously that particular song will give you a lot of flashback to classic judas priest sound there's a handful of songs on that album that do that for sure But I will be so bold as to say that that song right there could have easily fit on either Screaming for Vengeance or Defenders of the Faith. It's up there in quality and musicianship. So yeah, that's me. That's how I feel about it. And so let's stick to the subject here. Let's stick to the approach and finally give an overdue number one album to this guy that's been really hauling it for the last few years and really flying that flag. The band that really kicked off my awareness of this new wave of traditional heavy metal, and that would be Haunt. Yes, the number one album as of today, and on this countdown of me delivering it to you right here, belongs to Haunt. Let's have a round of applause for Mr. Trevor William Church right here. Uh, second generation professional musician, and does all these records out of his garage, plays every instrument. Of course, he has a touring band, uh, but man, just AF. He should make shirts that say that. I'll message him about that. But yes, ever since Haunt came onto the scene, I believe it was in 2018, Burst into Flame. Wow. I know I said I came in about a year after that because both that and If Icarus Could Fly was already out. So the first two albums were out when I got into them. They immediately made it onto my top 100 albums of the decade of that previous decade. And ever since then, I've just been on a roll. Han has put out seven records since 2018. I'm talking about full lengths. He's done some comps. He's done splits. He's done EPs, single releases. I mean, he's just been fucking destroying it. I don't know how he can keep up with the pace, but I hope he has a very long, successful, and career that will only take him to greater heights because people got to know about this band. Han's good enough. In my opinion, they're good enough to be the next Metallica or whatever, and I only hope that for them. But once again, much like Wolf, if you're a fan of that traditional heavy metal, Haunt has it in spades. And the other thing, I didn't really get into this when I was talking about Wolf, and they do it too. And I've talked about this many a times. Every time i played a Haunt record, I'm sure I've said this and bored you with it. But here it goes again. Heavy as hell, great musicianship. But the sensibility of song, that pop sensibility, which should not be a bad word, putting melody in your heavy metal. You cannot go wrong with me on that. That that to me is a perfect marriage of styles. And when you got it, you got it. And Haunt and Trevor, they've got it. So yes, let's go ahead and just give the award. Best album of 2023 to Haunt. And the album is called Golden Arm. You can play anything off of this record and it's perfect stuff. Uh, let's go with this one right here. I actually get a little nervous, especially the further we get onto here and playing something off of what I heard saying is the number one album. I get a little nervous. Like, am I playing the right song? Fight the Good Fight, also one of my favorites off of this record. I almost played that. But uh, today, let's go with this one right here. So from Golden Arm, this is Haunt, and the song is called Piece by Peace. Enjoy. And what a ripping track that is, especially. I, I think I picked the right song. What do you think? But yes, that was Piece by Piece by Haunt. The thing that really put that one over the top for me is got my favorite guitar solo on the entire record, which is saying something. Trevor is a ripping guitar player. See, I mentioned that he plays all the instruments, but yeah, you shouldn't. I am so jealous of that motherfucker. He can play everything really well. He can sing really well, and he writes a damn good song. You know, yeah, come on. Give it, give it up for that guy, man. You are the man, Trevor. All right. So yes, Haunt, Golden Arm. Go get it. Go get all the Haunt records. Uh, get him off of Bandcamp, by the way. I mention Bandcamp a lot during these episodes. It's the best way to support the artists. He always has every format up whenever he drops a record. And got a ton of great shirts. He's one of those guys that always has good shirt ideas. He's another one of those guys like, yeah, I don't mind the black shirts. But he almost tries to go out of his way to do every color except for black. So that's admirable as well. But yeah, I, I, I do love the fact, I didn't even do that on a certain principle, but the fact that two great traditional heavy metal sounding bands and albums are the top two albums right there. And Roadwolf and Haunt will probably appeal to the same people, but I love the fact that they sound quite different from each other. The singing style is completely different. It's just, uh, I like it. Variety, even in the same genre. It's another thing that makes truly great heavy metal great. But yes, I hope you've enjoyed this episode especially. I hope you enjoyed the entire countdown. I hope you got some stuff to go check out now. If you got any gift certificates from your local record stores like you should have for Christmas, or if you got a birthday coming up or something, or if you're a Christmas baby or what have you. If you've got any means to go to your local record shops and pick up some new material, then hopefully these shows gave you something to be inspired to go out and buy Support the bands, buy them directly from their websites if you can. I I mentioned all this stuff already, but it bears repeating. So yes, once again, hope you enjoyed all these countdowns, not just this year, but all the other years I tackled in the year 2023. Uh, Hell, I I don't know what's wrong with me. There's definitely something wrong with me upstairs, but I'm going to go ahead and do it all over again. I mean, not, not, not the same years here in 2024, obviously. If you've been following the show, I think you know what to expect in this coming year. And yes, spoiler, I am already working on 1974. And that's going to be a good one too. But yes, uh, in between all this, I promise I will make room and time for some fun old school type Rock Strikes 10 episodes because I still love doing them, of course. And we got a few anniversaries to celebrate and I'm going to make time for those as well. It's going to be a good old time. So stay with me here throughout this year. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, who's put up with a lot with me here in these countdowns. So extra, extra appreciation and make sure you listen to these plugs and hang on every word of hers. My better half, Nola, with the plugs, and the best damn outro song and all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola.
1: We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to Facebook.com slash SpaceBeard. Beard Band to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 set ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
2: Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. To hell with
0: it.